0: This is the podcast of The Branch in Ashland, Virginia. Some people are students of history. They read as much as they can to learn from both the successes and mistakes of those who've gone before. Other people hate history and want to do whatever they can to live in the now and look to the future. They don't think they can learn anything from the past, and so they do what they can to avoid it and focus on other things. The Jewish people don't have a word for history. The word they use means remembrance. It seems fitting considering that the significant things that happened to them were commemorated with festivals and celebrations, with songs and with stories. They told stories not only to celebrate and remember, but to pass those stories on to their children and children's children so they too could remember. Today's podcast, we look at the song that the people of God sang in response to God's miraculous salvation from the Egyptian army. We consider how we remember and how we celebrate and how we pass on what we've seen God do in our lives. What do we learn from history? Uh, Many great people have quoted about history and, and made statements about history. James Baldwin said, people are trapped in history and history is trapped inside of them. Marcus Garvey said, a people without the knowledge of their past history, origin, and culture is like a tree without roots. Michael Crichton said, if you don't know history you don't know anything. You're a leaf that doesn't know it's part of a tree. Now recording history, studying history, it connects us to the past. It allows us to learn and better understand where we've come from. If um, you know, even before I had kids, I was watching Disney films, because that's just who I am, and one of my favorite Disney films is the movie Cars, and I love the Mater character in that movie, Um, and there's this one part in the first Cars movie, where uh, Mater's trying to teach Lightning McQueen how to drive backwards, and Lightning McQueen's trying to figure out how he's doing it, and he um, wonders why Mater doesn't crash, and Mater just says to him, ain't no need to watch where I'm going, just need to know where I've been. And I love that, to think about how we face the future when we look back at the past and we can understand and know things better. You know, God's people, the Hebrew people, they told stories of what God had done for them. They did that not just to celebrate, but also to remember. The Jewish people are still a people of remembrance. Remembering what God's done for them. Because ultimately, those who don't remember are destined to forget. And forgetting history may mean that we're destined to repeat it as well. Malcolm Hunlein, the executive vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, said this So for us, history is not what it is for the world, it's zakira, remembrance. There is no Hebrew word for history cure is a dynamic process that we have to understand what led to things and what came out of them, not just what occurred at that moment. And theologian and commentator J. Amatier said that the Lord looks after his people, redeeming them in the past, caring for them in the present, and guaranteeing the blessedness of their future. So we think about history, we think about telling stories. You know, Here on this Father's Day, some of us, whether our fathers are still living or not, can probably think about stories that our fathers have told us. Um, some of them are funny stories, some of them are sad stories. Some of them we begin to tell to our kids as well because it's part of our heritage, it's part of our history. And so what stories do we tell to others? Are they stories to entertain? Are they stories uh, to inform? Are they stories to pass on to the next generation? When we think about what's been happening, if you've been with us over the past weeks and followed um, the this, this story of God's people in Exodus, we know that God just performed one of the greatest miracles ever by turning the sea into dry land, by, by saving the people of God from the bondage that they had been in Egypt. And Um, They were stuck in a really difficult place between a powerful army and the sea, and and God rescued them. And unfortunately, the the Egyptians weren't quite as fortunate, um, and uh, they drowned in the sea. But in response to God's hand of salvation, Moses and the Israelites, they sang a song together that we have recorded for us in Exodus chapter 15. So if you have a Bible, you can turn... Exodus 15, I'll be on the screen reading from the New International Version. Um, We read this. Then Moses and the Israelites, they sang this song to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted, both horse and driver, he's hurled into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my defense, he's become my salvation. He's my God and I will praise him. My Father's God and I will exalt him. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his army, he's hurled into the sea. The best of Pharaoh's officers are drowned in the Red Sea. The deep waters have covered them. They sank to the depths like a stone. Your right hand, Lord, was majestic in power. Your right hand, Lord, shattered the enemy. In The greatness of your majesty, you threw down those who opposed you. You unleashed your burning anger. It consumed them like stubble. By the blast of your nostrils, the waters piled up. The surging waters stood up like a wall. The deep waters congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy boasted, I'll pursue, I'll overtake them, I'll divide the spoils, I'll gorge myself on them. I'll draw my sword and my hand will destroy them. But you blew with your breath and the sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. Who among the gods is like you, Lord? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, working wonders? You stretch out your right hand, and the earth swallows your enemies. In your unfailing love, you'll lead the people you've redeemed. Your strength, you'll guide them to your holy dwelling. The nations will hear and tremble. Anguish will will grip the people of Philistia. The chiefs of Edom will be terrified. The leaders of Moab will be seized with trembling. The people of Canaan will melt away. Terror and dread will fall on them. By the power of your arm, they'll be as still as a stone till your people pass by, Lord, till the people you bought pass by. You'll bring them in and plant them on the mountain of your inheritance, the place, Lord, you made for your dwelling, the sanctuary, Lord, your hands established. The Lord reigns forever and ever. When Pharaoh's horses, chariots, and horsemen went into the sea, the Lord brought the waters of the sea back over them, but the Israelites walked through the sea on dry ground. Then Miriam the prophet, Aaron's sister, took a timbrel in her hand, and all the women followed her with timbrels and dancing. And Miriam sang to them, Sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted, both horse and driver. He's hurled into the sea. Now imagine yourself as one of the Israelites. Talk about a roller coaster of emotions. One minute you're enslaved in Egypt the next minute, you're being ushered out quickly uh, on the run. And when you think you've escaped, you find yourself on the edge of that sea and see that the army is coming after you. And then God comes through at what seems like the last minute. And he rescues you and he parts the sea. And just as you're getting your feet on dry ground, the sea comes back again right over. The army that's been pursuing you. What do you do in the midst of this other than take a deep breath and say, wow, I I made it through. You praise God, the the God who, who just rescued you. And you say, okay, well, God is my strength. That's what they sing here in this song. I wonder how many times when we get through a difficult situation in our lives that we say, oh, God is my strength. I think oftentimes those of us who consider ourselves to be fairly self-sufficient have a hard time saying somebody else did this because we try to take matters into our own hands. We said this was my strength who did this. It was my strength that allowed me to get through. So do we fight our battles through our own strength or do we fight our battles through the strength that God gives us? After coming through this, God's people, there was no way that they could have pointed to anyone other than God. I mean, Moses may have said, well, I lifted my my rod and, and the sea parted. But other than that, they couldn't take any of the credit for themselves. And so they turn it back around and say, this is the God who is our strength. This is the God who fights for us. This is the God who saves us. You know, sometimes the greatest reminders that I need for myself are the the simplest to remember. They aren't groundbreaking, um, but I still somehow seem to forget. And I think God knew that about his people. That that they would forget if they didn't commemorate somehow and sing a song they might forget And the people of God sing who God is you know in the years of being a worship leader I know there's so many different debates about what do we sing when we come together as a people of God as the church and you know the, the The joke that people who are more traditional and sing hymns all the time say about modern songs is that it's like seven words repeated seven times um, over and over again. But I think sometimes it's important for us, even with the simplicity of some of the songs that we sing, to sing those things over and over again to remind us that um, sometimes we... We disqualify ourselves because of our lack of understanding the the breadth and the depth of God. But sometimes it's the simplest aspects of God that we really need to remember and we really need to sing about. And we say, God, you are holy. God, you have saved us. God, you are faithful. The simple things are not bad things to be singing about. We need to... Acknowledge God for who he is, but we also need to acknowledge God for what he's done for us. Um, God's people sing pretty explicitly here about what God did for them. Verses 3-5 through five talk about the destruction of the Egyptian army. And it, it may seem kind of morbid. I remember when I was a kid growing up in the church, there was a song that started with, with these words, I will sing to the Lord for he is highly exalted, the horse and driver he is hurled into the sea. And I thought to myself, that's almost like Rockabye Baby too, right? Like if you think about some of the morbid words in that, you're like, this is what I'm teaching my kids. But, but the difference here is that this is really what happened that they're singing about what God had just done. And um, it, it seems morbid, and, but we need to understand also what the Egyptian people had done to God's people, that they had been enslaved and they were treating them unfairly and they were oppressing them. And if it hadn't been for what God did here, then they would still be back in the bondage and captivity of Egypt. Verse 9 talks about the boasts of the Egyptians. And sometimes we may encounter people who are belligerent and, and anti-God and will we'll start to boast about certain things. And maybe their language sounds similar to this, that they're going to come after us, they're going to overtake us. But God won't be mocked and his people won't be left alone or unprotected. So do we trust that God will protect us? And we need to remember how God has protected his people in the past in order to better believe that he will protect us in the future. I think that's one of the important things about reading the whole uh, breadth of Scripture too. Looking at the Old Testament and the New Testament alike to be able to, to see how God has been faithful to his people. Because when we look back, just like Mater, we can see where we're going based on where we've been. And we can see what God has done for his people in the past and can expect that, that same amount of faithfulness in the future. Verse 11 asks the question, a rhetorical question, who among the gods is like you? It's a reminder That some of us um, may need more than others. Some of us who may have a tendency to to put other people or things in in the place of God. But yet those things can't accomplish what God has accomplished. Just like no one other than God could have saved his people here from the, the pursuing army. But what are the things that we put in God's place sometimes? Things that we put too much stock in that eventually might fail us. It could be our jobs. It could be our possessions or our status. It could be our our families, our, our spouses, our significant others. But the words here, I think, are important for us to remember. There is no one like our God. Say, say that with me this morning. There is no one like our God. I right, now say it like you mean it. Right? There is no one like our God. But do you believe that? Do you believe that, that there is no one, there is nothing else like the God? that The same God that we sing to, the same God that we worship is the same one that brought the people out of Egypt, that brought the people through the dry land of the sea. Throughout this passage, they use the word majestic to, to describe God, which in Hebrew, the, the word majestic, majestic literally means to swell or to be swollen. Um, that And when things swell, they're bigger than normal. They're larger. And here we're talking about that God is bigger than all things. He's swollen, right? He's, he's swole and he's um, bigger and more majestic than anything else. Do we think about that? That not only is he majestic in his holiness and his mightiness, but he works wonders. And here, the the people of God, they had firsthand experience of seeing that. And, um, And they sing this song, which, thankfully, we have recorded here. But what reminds us of the miracles of God? as we've, as we experience things in our lives that we say there's no one else that could have accomplished that other than God, what are the things that remind us of that? You know, one of the things that I love to do when I'm at the beach or, or in the mountains is just find a place where there's no unnatural light, you know man-made light, and just look up at the stars and to see God's handiwork in the stars. A few years ago, my family and I had gone to the beach and we stayed at, at someone's house that um, that let us be there for the week. And during that week, there was, a I think it was a meteor shower. And so a few of us went onto the roof of that house where there was a little deck area. And we just looked up into the sky and I remember looking. And seeing these things shoot across the sky and feeling so small, but also realizing just how majestic our God is. When we look at that, I think the thing is, we don't look at the majesticness of God um, and the majesty of God so that we feel small. But it's so that we can understand that even in all his, his majesty, God still sees us. God still loves us, and God still rescues us in the midst of it. So do we take time to remind ourselves of God's majesty? Do we reflect on the beauty and wonder of God's creation? And and then what do we do to pass that on? You know, This was the beginning of the journey for the people of God into the promised land, the land that God had promised his people. Verse 13 speaks of God guiding his people to his holy dwelling. And then verse 17 again speaks of God bringing his people and planting them on the mountain of his inheritance. Now, the people of God were definitely moving towards a specific place, the the promised land where God was going to plant them. But they were also moving to uh, the place and the time when they would be together with God forever. It was a both end. Not only were they thinking about the promised land uh, in here and now, but also the promised land in the future. If you listen to some of the old hymns too, I was listening to uh, Johnny Cash's hymns album earlier and talk about going to the promised land Uh, And reminding ourselves that, yes, the people of God, they were going to a specific location. But one day, the promised land will be when heaven comes to earth and God brings his kingdom perfectly and completely onto this earth. It's funny because I grew up in the 80s and there was a singer named Belinda Carlisle who sang a song, Heaven is a Place on Earth. I don't think she fully realized that there's probably more truth in that uh, than she thought. Of course, she was speaking about love in in that song, but the reality is heaven is coming down to earth. If we read about that, that the promised land becomes the place where we will be together with God. And we have to have an eye on God's salvation that happens today, but also happens and will happen in the future If we focus too much on one and not the other, then uh, we may find ourselves uh, faltering in certain ways. We can get derailed. Looking too much at the here and now and thinking about what God's doing here and now and not thinking about what he has for us in the future um, may not allow us to prepare ourselves. At the same time, if we look so far to the future and say, well, I can't wait to that day, we may not live in this moment and do what he's calling us to do in these moments and in the places where he has us. We need to make sure that we're not forgetting about what God has done here and now and what he will do in the future. And so what do we do with all this that we read about here in Exodus 15, this celebration, this song of praise. I think the first question we can ask ourselves is how are we taking time to celebrate what God has done? We can do that together as a community when when we come on on Sundays or or whatever days that we um, come and celebrate as a community, but outside of, of what we do on a Sunday, what else are we doing and are we taking the time to celebrate what god has done for us and then ask yourself the question how are you taking time to drink in the majesty of god and whether it means just going out and and looking up at the stars or or sitting at the beach and watching and and hearing the the roll of the waves onto this the beach Um, and then how are you sharing that out as well When you discover something that reminds you of the majesty of God, how are you sharing that out? And then are you looking both at where you are and where you're going? Are we keeping an eye on what God is doing here and now, but also remembering that we're preparing, that part of who we are as followers of Christ is that transformation and and being transformed into who God is calling us to so that we can be prepared for that day when when he comes and when um, we are in the promised land together. Let me pray for us. God, thank you for all that you've done for us. Thank you for the fact that we have recorded here in Scripture the account of what you did for your people and bringing them out of Egypt and rescuing them and saving them. And God, it doesn't, the way ahead for them, they may have thought was easy, and it wasn't. But God, this marked an occasion for them where they could see your goodness, they could see your faithfulness, and they could celebrate that. I pray that we might see your goodness, see your faithfulness, see your majesty, and celebrate it. Sing of it. Pass those stories on. Pass those songs on that speak of that to the next generation. We pray in Jesus name, amen. Are you celebrating what God has done? Are you drinking in the majesty of God? And what are things that you do to see those things? I don't know that many of us will ever see such a miraculous salvation like the Israelites saw and experienced. But I think there are small miracles that happen in our lives every day. I I think that we can see the majesty and wonder of God if we stop and look around. So how are you going to drink in God's majesty this week, this month, this year? How can you celebrate it when you see it? Sharing it with those around you so that they too can see it. What a privilege it is for us that we have a record of some of the miracles that God did for his people. Let's keep our own records and pass them on to future generations so they too might know the majesty and wonder of God. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you have any comments or questions, please email us at thebranchashland@gmail.com. gmail.com. If you like what you've heard, Please subscribe and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks again for listening.